Welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I'm here with fan favorite Ian Dixon. Hello. Here again. He's a fan favorite for a reason. I think it's at least due in part to his consistency, wouldn't you agree? Quantity, not quality. It is definitely quantity, not quality. (laughs) (laughs) This man shows up every day asking me if we can pod. And most days I have to turn them away like a puppy asking for scraps. But every once in a while I've got like a legion of material that I need to hash out with them. Yeah. I have so much material for fan favorite Ian Dixon. I've got stories of whimsy, sponsorship, optimism. Oh. You like optimism? Yeah. The return of the fan favorite segment, What's What? Lots of stuff. So we have a sponsor www.audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast tim and drew show decided without my permission to announce our second sponsor on mm-hmm. the air yeah without, before we even got it announced it for us they really did they really did and they disparaged it did they yeah they disparaged it they said that we could never sell this product they said that people would never get in the mood to use this product while listening to scottcast hmm. are we, we going to reveal the product on Scottcast officially? No. No? No, I mean, they might have a point, is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to reveal it yet. I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think we need to make a special episode due to these comments. Yeah. Where we, where the point of the episode is to get people in the mood to buy this product. Well, you know what needs to happen then? What? more Jurassic Park fan fiction. That's exactly what's going to need to happen. We're going to have a Jurassic Park fan fiction reading episode, ASMR style, sponsored by our brand new sponsor. But for now, check out www.audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast. I know 73 of you have checked it out. (laughs) That's That's what my statistics on the internet machine says. 73 checked it out. And 73 had your experience, Ian, where they, oh, turns out, I already got myself an Audible thing. Yeah. Or used it up once. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, can you can you do that thing where you just create a, a fake email to sign up? I mean, I think it tracks the credit card, card you put in. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do? What you're going to do is you're going to go to privacy.com and hook it up to your one of your debit or, or bank accounts and use it or to generate... Or just open new lines of credit. <laughs> or open new lines of credit. They're like, you got to open a new line of credit. You got to get a new bank. I mean, do it for ScottCast. But I was thinking, you know, maybe people don't want to feed the machine that is Amazon, Jeff Bezos at all. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Disparage them so in our last spot. <laughs> yeah, we also do that. <laughs> we kind of trashed Amazon, even though I'm a like a rabid, rabid Amazon customer. I buy off Amazon Prime all the time. Yeah. I've actually been an Audible customer for like 12 months. I've, there's got some good stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Like I, they got Ian McKellen reading The Odyssey. Elijah Wood reading Huckleberry Finn. Toby McGuire, like, reading... Uh, Spider-Man? Yes, Spider-Man <laughs> comics. And he's like, whoa! <laughs> there's a panel where he's swinging, and he's swinging again. Yeah, and this one's cooler, because it looks like he's kicking somebody, too. That's a great audible find. Yeah. You should sign... If you, if you haven't tried it, 
You should get yourself a new credit card and go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast. Please, please support us. But I was thinking some people don't want to support Amazon, and I've got options for those people too. We'd love to hear those options. In the email bag last week or so, we asked our listeners, what should we get tattooed on Ian? And Master Charles, ever the crusader for ScottCast, mm-hmm. suggested you get www.audibletrial.com forward slash ScottCast tattooed on your forehead. Mm-hmm. Really commit yourself to the cause. I thought that was a great idea. With this being said, I think I would just rather have the ScottCast logo on it. At this point, I don't want money at this point i just want influence and control mm-hmm. if we can get it to the point where being a scott cast fan means you tattoo my logo on your forehead if we can get it to this point then i believe we can create a very dedicated and fast spreading audience yeah that we can then sell amazon subscriptions to mm-hmm. it's, it's a step-by-step process we went into sponsorship too quickly we didn't have enough clout with our audience to sell them anything so they all just went away and didn't really think about anything they did went away and they didn't consider our offer they were just like oh scott oh you but if we had a cult following mm-hmm. and then we were like you know what get yourself an audible trial you know we'd be raking it in the dough as soon as we said slash scott cast so what are you proposing that i get the scott cast logo tattooed on my face yeah i'm not sure how that'll go over with my employer your employer your employer have you ever considered growing hair no just have it like wearing maybe a bill cap <laughs> i don't know if face is the best place for me why not so like you wouldn't consider getting any face tattoo no like if you had to get a face tattoo what would you get i have no idea i, I don't think i would get a face tattoo i've met people with face tattoos so have I. They're interesting folks. Yeah. And they always seem to mention or point out that face tattoo, at least in my experience, with the one guy with a face tattoo. He was like, he was just joking around with me, and then he was like, yeah, leave it to the guy with the face tattoos, right? <laughs> and I uncomfortably walked away. Yeah. They're nice people. Yeah, they sure, they sure are. I've never met like, an asshole with a face tattoo to be honest. You know, I haven't really met many uh, assholes in general. I've, I've met my sheriff, but none of them have face tattoos. Right? So. I think I've only met good people in my life. That's why I'm so easily be- becoming to become an evil villain. Because if there's so many good people in your life and everything's good and everything's great, then there's no dark. And like you said, Ian, every human being has something good and something bad. And when everything around you is good, there's only one choice to make that yin-yang appropriate, and that is to be evil. So you're not really evil, you're just trying to balance the universe? A little bit. <laughs> like my universe, like everything's good, so someone's got to be a little bit chaotic. Someone's got to be a little bit shaking and stirring the honeypot. I think that might be a side effect of the, the online uh, culture these days, where we... We can put everything good out there and present uh, appearances of, I don't even know what the word would be. Nobility and yeah, but, uh, class. And There's more to it. There's more of creatures. There's more to what? Everything. There's more to everything? 
Yeah. Just like Amazon is like this great thing that you utilize all the time, but we know also that it's evil and it's monitoring us. That's right. And that we should not trust robots unless they're answering our door. That's right. Doorbell robots. <laughs> I love doorbell robots. I wonder how many people have actually listened to the episode with the doorbell robot. Because we always reference the doorbell robot, but well, we never really explain it when we get to it. So it's like, it's for real hardcore ScottCast listeners. It just makes me feel good to be able to pat myself on the back sometimes and like know things that other people don't know. Even if I made them up or you made them up. It's good to, be, it's good to hold things over people. Yeah. That's what I think. You know what I'm going to hold over some people now? Let us know. Like these sponsors, they won't give us money, but check this out, fool. One of, <laughs> one of our beloved listeners, mm-hmm. I included her song at the end of one of our episodes. Yeah. Since that song's been published, mm-hmm. this person has won licensing deals, awards, and she has an album coming out. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think no. I think that is that's that, that's the power of Scott Cast mention. She had her song in a movie too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that was before or after your. I mean, the the director knew that this this chick she's gonna get on Scott Cast one day, <laughs> and we better snag her up real quick before she has somebody looking over her stuff. We are star makers. We're hit makers. Mm-hmm. We are where the celebrities come to be. You know, we're like the crossroads. We're the devil. Yeah. At the crossroads. You want to be famous? Come to Scott Cast. That's why I'm in, I've invited Drew over to the Scott Cast, next Scott Cast. Okay. Hopefully. If he, if he doesn't chicken out. Because I feel like he's got the beginnings of a podcast celebrity in him, but he's got people holding him back hmm. on his podcast. Notably, Tim and Tim. And uh, a man named Trent, who has a nickname I refuse to acknowledge because it's a silly nickname. It's a terrible nickname. When you were listening to that clip, how long did it take you to fall asleep? I wasn't timing it. That's, I, I couldn't it was tell immediate, you. wasn't it? It was pretty quick. It was like an ambient. Well, I didn't become a racist, though. No, you didn't. You didn't uh, cancel a sitcom on your way up. Mm. There you go. ScottCast is better than a pharmaceutical. There you go. No, that's not ScottCast. That's Tim and Drew show. Sorry. ScottCast keeps people awake and interested. Nice save there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got derailed. So Scott Cast makes stars, and I'm inviting Drew on to get educated mm-hmm. about how to navigate with his talent. Because he's got raw talent, but he doesn't have that polish that Scott Cast does. I mean, he's a superior podcaster to take him under his wing, mm-hmm. point out his flaws, castigate him in front of an audience. So we got obligatory futurism in Jurassic Park news. I don't know what that means. Let's- well, every Scott Cast we've done has a lot of like futurism talk, like, oh, in the future... Man is going to be Homo Deus, or no, Homo Technicus. Okay. And they're going to be merging with technology, and sociopaths mm-hmm. will take over. And Elon Musk. Yeah. And we also always talk about Jurassic Park. Most of the time, not always. But yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Most podcasts, we have some futurism and some we Jurassic Park. We appreciate our JP and our JP, too. we got some news that have combined both of these things. That's exciting. There's a video game out on people's cell phones. Mm-hmm. You remember the Pokemon Go craze? Yeah. Where all the people were running in the street catching yep. Pikachus? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to see people like me running in the street catching dinosaurs. Jurassic World has a new game called Jurassic World Alive. And it's, and it's just like Pokemon Go, except with dinosaurs. How's that work? Do you catch them in Pokeballs or are they 
like attack you and murder you in the middle of the street? That's a great question. I haven't downloaded it yet. Well, I, I need to know how it works. I, like you're catching dinosaurs? Are you catching just like little baby dinosaurs? Or are you like have to run for your life from larger carnivorous dinosaurs? That's a great question. I'm going to load it up right now. I've got myself another game on the smartphone mm-hmm. that I can't believe is a game on a smartphone that you can play. Okay. Have you Are you familiar with the Grand Theft Auto series? Oh, yes. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas mm-hmm. is available on your smartphone today mm-hmm. for like five bucks. Does it play just like the, like just the, like the PlayStation game. version? Just or? like the okay. game. It's like a straight port right to the cell phone. Like you, uh, you configure the controls on the screen, mm-hmm. and it's super intuitive. You'll, you're up and running right away, especially if you played the game before. Mm-hmm. It's a little glitchy, maybe just a little bit, but it's fully a PS4 game, which makes me mad at every single other video game developer for the phones. Like, why are we playing Angry Birds when this thing can play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? What happened? We just became complacent. We were like, we just want Tetris, but with stupider graphics. When we could have been playing crazy full world things like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on our phones. I don't know if I want that on my phone. I don't need to be immersed in imaginary worlds all day. Doesn't have to be all day. Just what do you think people do with their cell phones? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't tool around on my cell phone all day. Yeah. You know, I put it down, but every once in a while, I'll pick it up and I'll get lost. And you can either get lost in some 2D piece of crap, your fake brain puzzle thing, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, don't work. There's no such thing as brain training with a puzzle on your phone. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not a thing. If you want mental stimulation, you might as well just read a book or have a conversation. Those all work way better than brain puzzles. I can agree with that. Well, I mean, they they exercise different uh, abilities. But I don't think they, I don't think they like provide market differences. Like I remember Googling it for a while, like, okay, does this, can you really train your brain to be like some sort of, cause I'm an evil person who wants to become ruler of the world. Yeah. I need to boost my stats, right? Yeah. So, okay. I need to boost my intelligence. Let's try these brain games. Let's see, let's look up the science behind that. Will this really make me a super human intellect mm-hmm. if I like just grind at this enough? What did you find? Inconclusive at best. Yeah. These things. Well, intelligence is a complex thing. There's... Right. There's working even memory. Even when we do, like, proper IQ tests, there's, there's different abilities that you're measuring, and those aggregate into a an average. I think the stuff that I looked at was, like, studies to do with transferability. Mm-hmm. When you play brain games and you get really good at brain games, you, you do get better in those things yeah but those skills don't transfer to real life applicable things like you like you can might get a great working memory at this game Mm -hmm. but playing it all the time doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have a great working memory when you're at the shop well yeah and those those abilities are finite so there's i'm not a psychologist so i couldn't tell you how many different factors go into iqs but i know work like working memory is one verbal comprehension and verbal expression okay are two more and then there's like visio visuospatial reasoning there's different facets and so yeah these games they apply to one or two right so they're not going to like boost your iq overall in a significant way but 
they can can help you kind of tune those specific facets. Well, like, but like, what does tuning mean? Like, that implies that if you had a litany of tests and that you've been training, and that like, if you go to some sort of like brain game academy or boot camp, mm-hmm. that like you could just work at like each of these individual areas, and then like at the end of the day achieve a general boost in intelligence and like ability well no because there's so much that goes into intelligence but if you have deficits in those areas then those are good things to do you know what i'm saying so like well i don't have deficits in any of these areas i'm pretty sharp everywhere okay it might just be a fun thing for you to do then well it's not that fun though so well then don't do it it's just not a good thing don't shit on everybody else for having a good time Mr. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned a Tim and Drew show, and I just get all sour. Yeah. It's just what happens. It ruins my mood. I was some, going uh, great today because I took some Claritin D. Yeah. I tell you what, if you want something that'll make you feel good, mm-hmm. have a bunch of allergies and take a Claritin D. Within a half an hour, your life is just like those commercials. Like, it goes from gray to bright and happy and clear mm-hmm. and you're running and think linens are flying in the wind it is a beautiful drug clear and indeed like i don't support the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. in general like i'm pretty sure they're all pretty shysty yeah if just poorly set up at best but cleared and d as a product, 100% behind. I go from being a mewling, gross, mucus-covered zombie <laughs> to a man full of vim and vigor and clarity. Claritin Clarity. Okay. One could say I was Claritin Clear. Are they paying us? www.claritin.com forward slash Scott Cast. <laughs> See your pharmacist to get the D. What? I'd suggested that they work on that slogan, but they didn't get back to me, and you're supposed to say what's on the notes. Okay. Ask your pharmacist to get the D. I've loaded up Jurassic World Alive here. Oh, it's, it's making me go through things. It Man. Says, First, what should we call you, Scott? Done. That's like the bane of my life. Every time you do something on your phone, you gotta fucking sign up for something. Yeah, like so much so that I sent you links to things, and like they nowadays they have the cookie policy showing up on every site. Yeah, get that out of my face. I just want to see what you sent me. Blame Europe. Goddamn. Blame Europe. How do you catch them? Okay, how do I catch them again? What's the mechanism? It's not pokeballs, I hope. Let's see. I'm gonna go to this Velociraptor launch. I've got a drone. I'm in a drone. Okay. It's like a four-wheeled drone. Damn. And it's telling me to flick. Oh, my, oh, it's like a trank gun. You flick it. Oh, you're in a drone, and the, the idea is you hover over the dinosaur, and you fire upon it in this like little circle. It's actually kind of cool. And I'm getting this Velociraptor. I hit it twice now. It's going all over the Hamtramck streets right now. It's just trampling all over the alleys. It's big as houses. This is big as houses. It's not That's very accurate. Not to scale. No, it's not. This is a Velociraptor, and it's about the size of a like one and a half T-Rexes. So that's it. Yeah, Jurassic World Alive. It's the same thing as Pokemon Go, except with dinosaurs. I like a good reimagining of a game to include dinosaurs. Yeah. I think they should do that with every franchise. It would be best, obviously. Everything's better with dinosaurs, really. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto, I Isla Nublar. <laughs> you're stealing the jeep wranglers and like there's velociraptors everywhere and the idea is you just survive on the island for as long as possible yeah that would be a cool game and like everyone eventually dies and gets eaten by a dinosaur right i would hope that this this app here i would hope that that included some 
some need for defensive strategies as well as just murdering dinosaurs with drones. I don't think it is. I think it's purely drone warfare. It's a, it's a 21st century kid's <sighs> idea of warfare. It's not your it's not your grandpappy's D-Day. See, that's not what would happen, though, if dinosaurs were just roaming Hamtramck. Right? Yeah, wouldn't it just be, <laughs> wouldn't it just be drones? We're population dense. There's children running around unsupervised. They wouldn't... They wouldn't use drones in Hamtramck. No. They, that would be for like Rochester Hills, Gross Point. They would have drones flying we around. We do have a tank, I believe. Like an out of commission tank in front of like one of the old Polish sea leagues. Like I think our police department has like a a legitimate like, like SWAT a, defense tank. I think so. Okay. I mean, we got two cops, but we also have a tank. <laughs> so if one of those cops gets to the tank, we got a little bit of help. There you go. But there's no one with... But no one's going to stop uh, a velociraptor infestation. No. No. If there's two velociraptors that get out, hold on to your butts. We're not going to... Yeah. Hamtramck's down for the count. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much just a feast for velociraptors. A thousand hiding spots. The worst... I think the velociraptor might die after a while because it'll get tetanus. From Probably. St- yeah. From from the from the alleys <laughs> very likely uh so it wouldn't last too long but it would gorge itself on a couple of like hipsters and polish people and muslims yeah. and man if i was a velociraptor i'd park myself outside the the kowalski factory just get all the scraps and if it was a velociraptor just eating kowalski sausages <laughs> the kowalski guy would be like no no don't shoot it <laughs> This is ours. <laughs> and Kowalski will be forever known as the, as the sausage company with the pet velociraptor. <laughs> how, much are, how great are our Kowalski sausages? <laughs> Ask Blue over here. <laughs> That's like a cat. I'll get, some, I'll, I'll get some. Because they took my intellectual property, yeah. I'm going to put in it's straight just... up velociraptor noises in this podcast. How did they do that? It was like a there's actually like a bone in the throat that they intuited the sound that a velociraptor would make. You're just thinking about Jurassic World, which was fantasy. Yeah. Not Jurassic World, Jurassic Park three. There's a there's they, a whole how do they scene. come up with this the sound that the the raptors apparently make? Nobody knows the sound that raptors made. Like the only dinosaur that people really have ideas about the sound they make is like Parasaurophilus mm-hmm. because it had a long hollow like horn-like uh, sinus cavity mm-hmm. that led back along his like snout, so it was like clearly some sort of resonating chamber. So they know that that one had a deep bellow. Okay, but the, but, but as far as Velociraptors concerned, like there hasn't been any discoveries of like a freaking flute that you can blow in, and then <laughs> dinosaurs take their eggs and leave you, and then the Navy shows up and the Marines. That doesn't exist. That's disappointing. It is a little disappointing because I because because you want you want them to be able to do that. But raptors actually, I'm about to ruin raptors for everybody. They're they're pretty clumsy and dumb too. Yeah. They're not like they're, this, not, they're not like the sickle super smart. intelligent pack hunters. Yeah, they were never that. Aww. Like there's no indication that they were super smart creatures. And if you look at any of like the fossil evidence of mm-hmm. say like fights and stuff that velociraptors are known for. It's 100% just like a scuffle and just total clumsy and just like craziness. It's never, there's no concentrated attack patterns. There's no coordination. It's, it's, like a, it's like a chicken just totally going to town on a mouse. That's what, it, that's what a raptor is like. They did turn into birds, right? 
They did turn into birds. They didn't change too much. Jack Horner's got this experiment where he takes a chicken embryo. Yeah. And he modifies a few genes while it's in the whatever stage. It's before embryo or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. I don't know much about genetics. All I know is the research I've done to look into dinosaur cloning. But what he did was he flipped a few switches and the chicken embryo uh, developed a dinosaur-like teeth and its tail, whip-like dinosaur-like tail. It's a poultrygeist? Like poultrygeist a little bit, but with dinosaurs. So poultrygeist park. Okay. Yes. That's exciting. Isn't it? So we're that much closer. So if we're going to have dinosaurs in our lifetime, it's going to be a lot more like the Dr. Wu uh, making an Indominus Rex Mm -hmm. than it's going to be like uh, John Hammond making a T-Rex. It's going to be very much someone takes like a chicken or an eagle or some stuff and flips a few genes and uh, lo and behold, a terrifying prehistoric bird creature that's soaring the sky and diving in, attacking everything that moves. Yeah. Very clumsily. I know we don't do a lot of politics on this show. (laughs) But we're talking about that. But I feel like that would be a good move for the president to make is to like okay that sort of research because then we don't have to do all this bullshit that we're doing with like pissing off other countries for no reason like what are all these tariffs we're doing with our trade partners that we have trade surpluses with just to make everybody pay more for shit and piss people off just make some prehistoric bird monsters and we can fight those, and we can have our war, and we do well economically during war times. That would be a perfect weapon for America to create and perfect. That's like, what I'm saying. Screw the nuclear bomb. The world can unite behind bird monsters. Here's the deal. For America doing this, I mean, what's our national bird? The eagle. And then we weaponize eagles? Badass. That would be the American thing to do. If you're, if you're not pro-war after we weaponize eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, you're not American. Like, you can be anti-war now that we don't have weaponized eagles. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, be, you can be total isolationist. That's fine. But as, as soon as we get literal attack hawks, you must be hawkish. So I'm going to announce my candidacy for... How old? You have to be, like, 35. 35. Oh, I can't quite make it for 2020. 2024... I'm announcing my candidacy for the presidency. And your basis? I'm going to unite the human race. None of this infighting about race and sex and nationality. All that's bullshit. That's the man keeping you down. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. power structure they use to enslave us. That's Just right. like the robots are going to enslave us. Yeah, the robots are going to use that power structure later. Later. To a better degree. So I'm calling for unity for all, all of humanity. Bird monsters versus the robots. We need to unite against the bird monsters. No, no, we're uniting with the bird monsters against the robots, right? It's going to be... Here's how it's going to go down. Okay. <laughs> you, got this, you got this written down. Ian's pulling out a notebook with a bunch of plans. You got your bird monster people, mm-hmm. and you got your robot people. Okay. They're both trying to weaponize those technologies to maintain the power structure that we have in place run by white men right now. As we can tell from our uh, our pop culture... Uh, what's the word? Pop culture references? Prognosticators? 
What? What's a prognosticator? <laughs> Dictionary.com. Welcome to the first Dictionary.com Scottcast break. I think that's exactly the word I want. Let's, let's wait for verification. To prognosticate, foretell or prophesy an event in the future. Exactly. Our pop culture prognosticators, Jurassic Park, they foretold the, the perils of genetic modifications or genetic... Uh, how oh, that can go wrong. We're trying to bring back whatever. Right, chaos. Dinosaur monsters, bird monsters, whatever it wants to be. You got your Terminator. That's the robots. You got your uh, your Blade Runner. It's the robots going wrong, trying to make them serve us. Those doorbells are going to rebel. Doorbells are going to rebel, and we're going to only have the bird monsters to defend us. No, we've got these two camps. They're both trying to oh, no, create man. these these advances that are allegedly going to serve us. We, we need to but align inevitably, with one of these. Inevitably, they will rebel. Inevitably, one of them's going to win. And we got to pick the winner, and we got to be on their side. We need to unite to not be murdered by either one. No, we got to unite with the bird tellers, because here's the deal. If the, if the robots win, this is how they're going to process their win. They're fighting everything organic. There are actually, I saw this on the Joe Rogan podcast, but there are actually robots that uh, run on organic matter. Dead people, right? That's the idea, is you get dead people on a battlefield and you got this battle robot. It's just gonna eat up all the dead people for fuel and go kill some more people for fuel. And then mm-hmm. it's just gonna be an artificial intelligence fueled thing that continually gets better and better at killing and fueling itself. We gotta align with something that doesn't have that ability to scale its powers. And right now, that's looking like the T-Rex turkey vulture. <laughs> like they, but that, also, that their, also wants to murder us. They show up and they're awesome, right? And they're patrolling the skies and they're taking their pick of the litter. But it's that's less one rational at a time. and less organized, but it also wants to kill us. I mean, it might be less rational and less organized, but it's easier for us to coexist. Whereas the robot's just going to speed through us like, okay. like we speed through our fossil fuel reserves. It's sustainable for the... For the birds to win it's not sustainable for the robots to win and we're not going to defeat them both and if we're going to defeat them both it's because we defeat them one at a time we got to attack the robots with the birds and then we'll figure out our bird problem i mean i mean i'm telling you because i respect you because i know Mm -hmm. you're going to win this presidential election and i can't do i can't be president i'm too i'm too much of a uh, too much of a i'm too handsome I'll get assassinated. Look at our most handsome presidents. They all got killed. That's true. You well, know, Obama, Abe Lincoln. Obama made it through. Oh, yeah. He's a good looking fella. He's, 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 not, he's the youngest one, too. Wasn't yeah. he? And he did make it through. Shit. Hmm. There's a lot of people talking about assassinating him, but. But sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that really, though, like any president. I suppose. There's always talk of that. Well. Uh, as Scott Cast doesn't condone that kind of talk absolutely not no we're all about the big picture unity unity against the robots and then the birds because also i want to see these fucking birds (laughs) (laughs) like i don't care about cool robots but this idea of like these dinosaur birds all of a sudden taking over and like what the heck is going on how'd that happen like we're all we're all like getting complacent with our cell phones and saying cell phones are the death of humanity. Mm. Like how cool would it be if like we're just thinking that this is the death of humanity and then all of a sudden T-Rex vultures are flying from the sky attacking everybody. 
And like, oh, well, this is more pressing than that. All of a sudden, it's like people aren't going to be on Facebook dawdling their time away anymore. Not when the birds well, not are from out. your perspective, though. You just said that the robots are the bigger menace. They're the bigger menace, sure. But they're, they're not only are they the bigger menace logically. I'm just saying birds are cooler. They're going to be so much cooler to align with. They're like a cooler yeah. story. And they're much more sustainable in the long run. I would rather go into a prehistoric times with uh, turkey turkey burgers than, uh, than have to deal with... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm more scared of robots than I am dinosaurs, is the bottom line of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fool around with, with the robots, because the AI scares me. The AI yeah. scares me. So we got email bag. I always love email bag. Let's hear it. First off, we were told to watch... What was it? Iron Sky? Yep. By Master Charles? Because Space Nazis. He wrote in to talk talk about Space Nazis, and we watched Iron Sky, and it was great until I fell asleep. <laughs> it was... I loved it, like, especially at the beginning. You have these, uh... You have these silly, like, idiocracy-style, like, astronauts mm-hmm. campaigning for a silly president, and that's, like, Sarah Palin. Cosmonazis. Yeah. And then, and yeah, and then Nazis show up that are astronauts, and it's not like an astronaut uniform. It's one of those straight-up Hugo Boss leather uh, trench coat uniforms with the gas mask, but he's in space, and he's got a space uh, Luger, and he shoots the people with a space Luger. Mm-hmm. But that's the end of the cool scenes. The rest of it, the rest of it kind of... I don't know. It just it didn't it, it did not use the space Nazi theme nearly enough. It's it was like the space Nazi was the draw to the movie. Yeah. But mo- most of it was just uh, kind of political, watered down political talk. Yeah, I mean, it, it had been a while since I'd seen it. I I saw it when it came out in the theaters, and then kind of forgot about it. It was very much a period piece, but not like a World War II period piece, like a Obama era period piece. Pre-Obama, in, in, uh, it was with Sarah Palin. But yeah, so that's the that's the discourse that it was commenting on anyway. Was the Obama McCain election, and so there was well, basically the biggest the biggest plot driver was like Sarah Palin wanted to win the election again, and so she had her press secretary or something like that mm. go out and try to find a stick for her yeah and she found these space nazis who haven't been on earth in 70 years yeah and she was just like you know what i like your space nazi style and they <laughs> turned sarah palin into a straight up space nazi there's even a scene where sarah palin mimicked the downfall scene the one that's always parodied on youtube with the def- different uh subtitles mm-hmm. where he's in his bunker yelling at his uh Generals, and they had Sarah Palin yelling at his at our media strategists. Yep. So yeah, it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> so stop recommending that. Like, if you if you're gonna recommend me a movie, I want it to be a movie that grips me and sends me spasms. I don't because I because I'm gonna be talking about it on Scottcast, and I'm not here to just shit on other people's podcasts and and bad movies. I'm here to praise them. I'm here to lift them up. Yeah. Like Drew. He needs to be lifted up. And you, you're good at lifting people up. That's why I have you on. Okay. 
You don't need to be lifted up. You're pretty. You're okay. Thanks. You're doing fine. <laughs> you should just stay your course. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think. I don't want to. I don't want to spend the podcast. I'm a fan of the, of the schlock and the the B movie stuff. I like B movies, but this, it, this it didn't hold up. It tries to be a B movie, but it ends up being a bad just movie. I liked it when it came out, but yeah, watching it again years later, it didn't age well. If it leaned more into the space Nazi thing mm-hmm. and less into the Earth part, it would have been fun. Like I would have loved to see the final boss being a big giant r- robot Adolf Hitler. I would have loved that. That would have been so good, and that would have made it a, like a space Adolf coming from the sky and mm-hmm. then like hovering over Washington. And then they do that Independence Day scene where they blow up the White <laughs> House and it's like with like his Hitler mustache, like and then like a beam going right down. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to do. I think people like Nazi movies for their B-movie shockiness, but to make it timeless enough to apply to the time and also 10 years down the road, if it if it's still relevant, it's really hard to do. Uh-huh. We could do another space Nazi movie right now and it would totally make sense. I don't, I don't know how it would age because people need to, gonna... they need to stop relating it to current politics. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. If you don't like a political party, you're going to compare them to Nazis. Right. It just happens. Yeah. But if we're going to make a Nazi movie, let's stay away from comparing you, you it. You got to keep it general. To other people. And let's, because Nazis are entertaining by themselves. We don't need to add other things to it. Space was enough to so add to Nazis. There's a number of Nazi zombie movies. That's okay. I mean, that's good because everyone loves to kill like zombies. Those, everyone those loves to kill Nazis. Better because they're yeah, they're more general. They're not specific to political leanings of any time. That sounds so. Good. There's like uh, Dead Snow is one. That's Nazi zombies in the. Uh, I don't remember where it takes place. It's fil- It's a Norwegian filmmaker, but I think it takes place in the Alps. Maybe Zombie Oasis. I think has Nazi zombies. That is like one of the most poorly filmed films of all time the last 20 minutes or so are like way overexposed and you can't see anything wow that sounds fun (laughs) but it's hilarious that's the schlock i want that's what i want to see i want to see nazis on an island getting shot because they're zombies also so that was the conclusion of email bag and now we got the world's Best, second best segment. Best segment's always email bag because I always want everybody to email hotforscottcast at gmail.com and tell me your thoughts or go to scottcast.us. Quick note, uh, mm-hmm. how many requests for tattoo ideas did we get? We got the one from Master Charles. We got the one from Master Charles and we got about a dozen from various women trying to get your number tattooed on them. I think... No, their number tattooed on you. I think that was their way of getting their number to you. Uh, He's married, okay? So we didn't get three requests for a unanimous idea. No, well, so unless, you, unless you count all the numbers as one request and you have to write a phone book on your face, mm-hmm. then we got one, but they're all different numbers. I count that as one each. Okay. So there's no, so there's no I'm solid... I'm not obligated to. If you're interested in having Ian... Tattoo com forward slash Scottcast on his forehead. Just go on to Facebook or Twitter, type in www.audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast. This is the world's best trial. Please click this and enter here on your speed, and we'll count those up. And if there's enough, we'll get that tattooed on his face. And we'll figure out what went, what, what number is enough, if it's three, if it's four. 
if it's two, if it's one. If it's one and everybody in that link really pays, <laughs> you're going to have to tattoo yourself. If it's like three and then nobody clicks it, screw you guys. We're in it for the profit. We're not prognosticators, but we're in it for the profit. Get it? Nope. Prognosticators are people who are Future profits. Dollars. Yeah. Just puns. Okay. Here's what's what. It's, it's my favorite segment to do. And I got a follow-up segment from last what what where a canadian found a bomb yeah two more of those yeah more more people finding bombs this one was in two girls age 10 around uh swimming in a lake they're playing Mm -hmm. a game called mermaid Mm -hmm. which is a game that they said consisted of going underwater going to the bottom and digging around and bringing stuff up which I feel like it's ill-advised because if you dig around the muck of a lake anywhere around here, you'll come up with a handful of leeches. But, you know, I guess it was nice and where they were. Okay. And so they were playing mermaid, and uh, instead of a handful of leeches, they brought up a chunk of metal. Mm-hmm. And uh, their mom came about. They were like, she was like, mm, what you guys find? And they were like, I don't know. And, and then her mom was like, okay, well, let's clean it up. And she started cleaning it up, smacking the gunk off of it. You know, banging it around in general. Mm-hmm. And then they discovered it was a World War One era artillery bomb. They called the bomb squad, and the bomb squad came in, found out it was just a dud. It was a test round, a practice round. Okay. So it wasn't an actual bomb. And they got to keep it. I have some questions about that. What do you have? What do you, what you got? How old were these girls? Like about 9 and 10. How large was this bomb? About the size of them. How did they lift it up from the bottom of a lake? I think they called their mom to do that. Because it would have been real heavy. The girls solicited the help of Sage's mother, and once it was out of the water, they couldn't determine what it was. So they scraped it up, and it turned out to be a bomb. Second question, how many bombings did they have in Canada during World <laughs> War One? They were just firing them off willy-nilly, apparently. I was under the impression that most of the... Uh, the combat occurred over, you know, Europe. The reason why Canada wasn't ever invaded was because they already invaded themselves. The Nazis showed up on the Canadian shore and they were like, screw this, they're just shooting themselves. <laughs> they're just launching bombs every which way. We're going to turn around. And they did. So these were Canadian artillery shells. Canadian. I think it was Canadian. It would only make sense if it's Canadian. That would make sense if it was like testing. Yeah, their, like they're doing a test run, and apparently when they're done with their test run, around. just wilderness, and it's just a piece of metal. So that's the first what's what. Not much. It was just a follow-up what's what. The second what's what. This is what's what in England. Yeah. I never thought in my life that I would do news about the royal wedding. Mm-hmm. But finally, a story caught my eye. It's a man named Thomas J. Mace Archer Mills Esquire. And he is a guy who got interviewed hundreds and hundreds of times, eventually being dubbed world's most interviewed man about the royal wedding. Okay. He talks with a thick British accent. He's considered an expert on, on royal matters and British ethics. Turns out, though, posh royal expert was exposed as a man named Tommy from upstate New York. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I think he could have made a, a good guess about that from the name he gave thomas j mace archer mills esquire yeah is that a really is that that's a, an excessive name are there british people with that many names probably but i mean 
He'd be like, what? He, he said things such as advising the future Duchess of Sussex, which was, I guess, the princess, mm-hmm. not to upstage existing members of the royal family. Quote, especially when you're coming in the way you are. End quote. Throwing some shade. Turns out, though, and this was like exposed like just a day or so ago, uncovered that his name is Tommy Muscoletto. A 38-year-old Italian-American grown up in upstate New York. Point is, he identifies more as being British than American. Mm-hmm. And has been obsessed from a young age. He, discussed, he declined to discuss his current nationality, but he's waiting on a British citizenship. Yeah. Even in school, he would finish conversations with God Save the Queen. How does this happen? You live in New York. I'm imagining with a bunch of other, you know, New York boys. Yeah. Where does it come in that you feel like you're you should be british he may have a mental illness so it sounds like he has some some sort of delusions of grandeur going on delusions of grandeur i don't know if he's delusional he's just he just well he seems to believe that he's british and an esquire and (laughs) an expert on british culture even though he's an italian american like i don't know if he believes it it's he he wants to believe it is there a difference between the two he sounds like kind of an odd guy. I don't know if it's impacting your functioning. If that's how you li- you're living your life, then it doesn't matter whether you you believe it. Really, he's behaving as though it's true, and it's it's out of the ordinary. I imagine it interferes with other areas of his life. I gotta give him credit though. It's a fun story, and he is being excessively British. Mm-hmm. Like he's even got an imperialist strike streak about him. Dig this. He was involved in organizing an anti-Qatar. Q-A-T-A-R, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Mm -hmm. conference in London at the end of 2017, described by activists as an amateurish attempt to garner support for a coup in the Middle East. Give him credit. He's he's doing it all the way. Yeah. Not only is he acting British, he's got British ethics, he's an expert in the royal royal family, but he also wants to imperialize the Middle East. So I'd say that's problematic. Is it problematic? I mean, it seems like he's just celebrating his adopted well, culture. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Can you, like, what, at what stage do you have to be like, you know what, I'm not actually British? Like, he's being interviewed, like, f- about his expertise on the royal family in British manners, which mm-hmm. apparently he, he is an expert. He's been following this crap forever. I mean, I think uh, ethics comes into play no matter what your field, if you're whether you're an expert on Middle East politics, you, you need to verify your biases. So if you're from the Middle East, that's important to know. And if you're not, then that's important to know. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and so you're saying that like this guy as a British royal correspondent... If he's posing as a Brit and he's not, and he should know he's not, but maybe he doesn't believe that somehow... Like, what if he wants to pose as a British person, but not necessarily for monetary gain, but for personal reasons? I don't, think, just I don't think the motivations matter. Motivations don't matter? When you're, when you're getting paid to be a British correspondent, you got to highlight the fact you're not British? Yeah. I mean, if he's, he's obviously done his research. I don't know. I'm not that's in, fine. I'm not he in, can be an expert without being British. That's true. But, but like, he also likes the accent, so maybe he just doesn't yeah. want the awkward... Like, exchange where it's like, it says here you're from upstate New York. Why do you talk with a British accent? Well, maybe you spent a lot of time in Britain. That's not unusual either. Well, then he'd be lying about that because he's only moved there since, like, 2016. Well, so, he's a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's leave with some final thoughts. Okay. This is what he says of the princess. She is loud. She is American. Mm-hmm. She fights for her cause. We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> In upstate New York, they don't do that? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> oh, my God. We do things quietly with dignity. That's... Man, that's like... What if someone was like real militaristic Canadian nationalist? Like, what would that look like? A militaristic Canadian... Because he's obviously real staunch about, we don't do that here. It would be like a we... royal mouncy with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, the most polite, rude person that you could encounter. Red, white, but never blue, eh? <laughs> I think that I think there's a potential movie there. Yeah. Uh, Canadian nationalists. Maybe Kevin Smith will make it. Well, I guess so. Bratsies. I mean, kind of. I mean, they, they were more so Nazis than Canadians, though. Yeah, they were just dressed in Canadian garb. Yeah. This goes to the next step, and it's a full-blooded Canadian with full-blooded Canadian Very values. nationalistic Canadian. Yeah, with that, with What's the, that? a little streak of nationalism. What's that look I'm like? sure there is some. If, if there's a Canadian listening to this podcast, send us some. Uh, send us some stories of uh, extreme nationalists from your homeland, <laughs> and we'll do a podcast on them. What's what, if you will? That would be amazing. I would love that so much. I would love that too. Let's get. Let's do a Canadian nationalist podcast soon. And I just got word from Drew, by the way. Yeah. Update. Breaking news. Update. He's backing out. He's backing out. Puss. Yeah, he's he's blaming work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I told him. I told him that we were gonna heal him. Mm-hmm. That we were gonna give him uh, advice and power and respect. But he's chicken. He doesn't want to face the music. He doesn't want to know about how how his podcast, through no fault of his own, is sinking like the Titanic. <laughs> He was captaining that ship forever, and then as soon as he, every time he turns around, he's got monkeys grabbing the helm, aiming straight for the ice. Poor guy. Next, what's what? Naked German man arrested while masturbating and riding an electric unicycle in Pattaya, like Thailand. His name is... Riding an electric unicycle. An electric unicycle. I've only seen, like, how fast does an electric unicycle go? Is it like get up and go? Is it buggy? Is it like a valid form of transportation that's people just like... I didn't know an electric unicycle was something that existed. It seems like it would be difficult to operate. A regular unicycle is difficult to operate. Yeah, but at least with like the regular unicycle, like you're like there's a bit of balance with the pedals and like going mm-hmm. back and forth. But with an electric motorcycle, unicycle, you've got one direction you can kind of go in and you got to stay up. Yeah. Let alone the fact he's trying to stay up in a completely different way, too. True. So so give us the details on this. Well, because he was on an electric unicycle and he had such great mobility, he was able to be naked and masturbate across several streets in downtown Pattaya before he was finally stopped. No, he finally stopped himself because he needed to finish what he was doing. <laughs> Can't do that while in motion. Yeah, like I'm impressed that he can ride an electric unicycle. Little few points off for not being able to finish what you set out to do on it. Like he had to stop. He had to put his unicycle to the side and finish. Couldn't, couldn't do a little drive-by. Mm-hmm. He won't give up his name, and he won't give up his identification to the police. So they are holding him until they can identify and charge him. Mm-hmm. Now, if you saw a naked unicyclist in the streets of yeah. Hamtramck, on a scale of one to ten, how surprised would you be? Not terribly. Yeah, I'd be about four. Like, huh. Uh, my neighbor, she has an adult son who was 
I think may have a drug problem. Okay. And last summer during our heat wave, we had like a streak of a week or two with where we were like all in the 90s and it was just relentless. But he was outside in the backyard there and he was completely nude (laughs) and like screaming. Screaming? Yeah. Like what kind of screaming? Like angry? Like I couldn't tell. He was kind of like banging on the hood of his car, pacing around, completely nude. (laughs) Did he get on his unicycle? He didn't have a unicycle, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that sort of thing happens around here. Yeah, people get naked. So I wouldn't... So what? Who cares? I wouldn't be surprised if he was on a unicycle. I wasn't I'd be more surprised at the unicycle. Yeah. Than the combination. Yeah. I'd be like, there's a naked man, but he's on a unicycle. Look at that. I haven't seen a unicycle in ages. So I wasn't sure what to do. I I wasn't sure if he was, like, in, in mental health crisis or if he was just tripping real hard. Or if it was just, it was real fucking hot. I don't blame him for being nude. I think the protocol just is... Just maybe usually be in your house when you're doing that. Be, be okay, be nude. Be yeah. outside being nude. Be outside being crazy. But don't be outside being nude and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the trifecta that, that yeah. goes over the edge. Yeah, you could have... boundaries here. You gotta one of those had to get knocked time, down. Yeah. 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 You're, if you're going to be inside and nude and angry... That's your prerogative. Outside, and nude. I understand it's hamtramck. It's loose laws. Yeah. It's, it's as long as no one reports you and you're not. It's not an immigrant. I don't want to. I don't want to impose on anyone's customs. If it's cool to be nude. But, yeah, in the from, privacy of your backyard. Yeah, sure. It's if not, you're streaking yeah. in general, I, that's better than than just you know, I assaulting enjoy, someone with your. Nudity. I enjoy being on the porch with my lungi. Do you know, are you aware of my lungi? What's that? It's a, a Bangladeshi uh, clothing item. It's basically a man skirt. It's kind of like uh, a kilt in how it's worn, and that uh, typically it's just that. <laughs> no undergarments. Was that a gift from longtime listener, never call in, never write in, neighbor Justin? Yes. It sounds like it would be. He brought some back. It's amazing. You should try it. Yeah? Is it's, it like... It's so breathable. You're, you got freedom. It's, what it's if you get, light fabric. It's airy. What if you get excited? It's loose, too. It's like a skirt, kind of. So uh-huh. it hides pretty well. It's more about comfort. But I'll be on the porch in a longi. Okay. Okay. Having a... Having a drink, it's, it's, yeah. You you keep the knees bent, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You don't. I mean, you can spread them because it's it's long, it's long past the knees. But you don't. Do you don't want to like hike it up, and you gotta be careful if it's a windy. I mean, I like I like being nude. Yeah. In general, it's fun. Like when I'm working at home, I'll likely just have like pajama pants on and maybe a short, maybe maybe like a maybe a shirt. Yes, maybe I should try that. You should. They don't. They, they, I mean, I don't have to go to Bangladesh. No, fuck no. There's uh, shops all around town. You can. Get That's one. what I was thinking. Yeah. Go to the shops around town. Yeah. Cause you got yours straight from Bangladesh, but I'm just gonna go down the street. I've got a couple. I would give you one, but my balls have been all on them. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you can pick one up cheap. I'm sure. Yeah, I have to go go around town and see what's what. Which brings me to my next segment. What's what? 
more what's what. Emergency landing as planes as a plane passenger's body order causes others to vomit. It's from your favorite place, the Netherlands. Well, they're in the Netherlands and they were flying out, and this person's body odor was so horrendous that they had to quarantine him in the bathroom, and mm-hmm. they still had to land the plane. And what the hell was he doing? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it could be like a medical issue. Uh, but also, Netherlands is the home of like death metal and stuff like that. People who listen to death metal like you tend to never bathe. Netherlands isn't really a hot spot of death metal. Is it? I mean, it's Scandinavia, but it's What does Netherlands like, listen to? That's the lesser of the Scandinavian countries. That's like... Folk metal? There's not that David's many. Dutch. Is he? Yeah, he's Vanderheide. Does he smell bad? He always wear, he, particularly during high school, he would have a lot of acts on. Okay. Maybe it's something to do with that. David, if you're Could listening, be. write into hotforscottcast at gmail.com. <laughs> he should be on the podcast Sunday. He's not like Drew, who backs out at the last minute. Ooh. So he'll be on the podcast Sunday to talk, and I'll bring up uh, this situation. I'll be like, David, were you on a plane going to Spanish Island of Gran Canaria? And uh, did you put on a little too much Axe body spray? <laughs> that might have been what did it. I, I yeah, could see that happening. If we're, if we're talking extreme metal, we're, we're thinking more Norway oh. or Sweden. Like all those like those uh, European countries in that kind of area. I always get them all confused. Yeah. If it's not I mean, Britain, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, or Russia, I don't know where it is. Yeah, when I think of Netherlands, I just think of like weed and hookers. Oh, that's where we're going to have Ian with Ian. Yeah. And we're, okay, by the way, if you guys are interested, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're saving all our Scott cast scratch that we get from our, uh, advertising and, uh, and, and products that we're going to be putting out like Scott cast shirts, uh, backpacks, memorabilia. And all those proceeds will go to funding a trip for Ian and one lucky Scott Cast listener to go to Scott no to go to Amsterdam, Amsterdam. and uh, and take E while Ian shepherds you around. Did you talk about all the swag we're doing? I thought that was in our notes. I did. I I mostly talked about it just now. I've been I've been going on I've been looking into designing little T-shirts with little callbacks to our jokes. We got a bat nipple T-shirt on the way to Charlie O'Donnell. I mean Char- Master Charles. We have a bat nipple T-shirt on our way to Master Charles. And it's that's shipped fun. or it's printing. It's being designed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do that this weekend. I'm gonna have it shipped out this weekend. It's in process. So what do we think we're doing for that? We're doing the six nipples. Or are we doing the nipples of the You haven't showed me anything. I don't know. The print Am I area, responsible for approving this well, design? You you're definitely you're definitely one of the one of the co creators, but like like the thing mm. it goes from the sternum and like a like a sixteen by nine poster down to the belly button and that's our print area. So we can't really do the nipples under the armpit mm. like I wanted to. Yeah. But I think we could do like multiple sets of mammaries, bat mammaries, and then the Scott Cast logo. Okay. Possibly with some like other kind of things, like tattoos and like scars and stuff to make them look kinda of badass. That would be fun. 
like a black and white t-shirt, like a black t-shirt with white nipples and Scott Cast and www.audibletrial.com forward slash Scott Cast. Okay. Let's do that. Okay, we're going to get it sent. By the time this is published, Master Charles, it's probably getting sent because I'm going to remember this when I'm editing it. So there we go. That's actually all, all of the, all the content I had planned. We have about an hour, fifteen minutes in. All right, not bad. Yeah, I don't, that'll, that'll come out to be an hour or so. So what did we learn today, Ian? What did we learn? What did we learn? We learned that uh, we are working really hard to create things that will destroy us. Yep. And that we should side with nature. We should side with our awful uh, alterations on nature. Yeah. With our abominations. As to the, uh, the technology that we're creating to destroy ourselves. That's right. And Ian Dixon, 2024? 2020? 2024. Yeah, not only does Scott Cast make stars, it makes leaders. <laughs> that is how, that's how this is shaking out. And uh, what else did we learn? If you're going to be nude, be nude in your home. Mm-hmm. Or be nude outside, but minding your space. Yeah. Be nude with a, a privacy fence. Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, be cognizant be of cognizant. others while yeah. you're nude. Yeah, there you go. That's the general thought. If you're, like, if you're in a party town and you want to streak and you know everyone on the street is trashed anyways and will think it's hilarious, go ahead. Streak down the street. I feel like I saw another news article... But someone was, like, jerking off on a plane, like, throughout the entire plane ride. That's some stamina. So we had a... Where was he going? We had a thing about a smelly person on a plane and a person jerking off on a unicycle, but also maybe a smelly person jerking off on a plane. I can't remember where it was. I just... I feel like it was just, like, I was scrolling through... Like, did you catch any details of this? Like, did the guy... Was the guy... uh, I don't know. Was it a long flight, or was it, like, Detroit to Chicago? If I can track like it how long down. was this guy masturbating and people putting up with it? <laughs> that's my question. I I didn't actually read it. I just caught the headline and I was like, eh, that's odd. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, the flight attendant yells at me when my seat isn't all the way up. <laughs> I don't know how this guy got 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 away with playing with his joystick. I don't know. The pilot had the yoke in his hand, and so did the passenger. Ew. So that was a fun Scott cast. Yeah. It was nice. Good times. So someday we'll get Drew up in here. Yeah, trial for Drew. Coming up. It's a little disappointing that he didn't come that he's not gonna come by to be uh berated. Yeah. Live on the pod. And with that, I think we're gonna call this a day. From all of us at the Super Call for Original Telecommuted Transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast, which is not a stupid name, Trent, we bid you adieu. Adieu.